0: Today I'm speaking with Amy Scott. She's an experienced financial coach uh, and over the past seven years, she's helped countless couples can take control of their finances so they can live lives with less conflict and more financial freedom. So today we'll be talking about how to approach those conversations so that you guys can uh, have, whether you're single or in a relationship, uh, have a really bright financial future. So enjoy. Make sure to grab the official Not Over Just Different welcome pack. It's filled with some of the best tools for inspiring your best life. All absolutely free. Just go to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash welcome gift to download yours now. Hi, I'm Natalie Ledwell and welcome to Not Over Just Different, a podcast for women of a respectable age facing life's next new chapter. So grab a cup of tea and pour yourself a glass of wine and join me for some deep, real and candid conversations about everything. From health, aging gracefully, relationships, and how to make the next 50 years even better than the first. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast for this week. Uh, So, this week, we're going to be talking about money, uh, finances, and specifically how to have what can sometimes be an uncomfortable conversation when it comes to finances um and i know that this is something that i'm actually personally looking at right now i'm in a new relationship and you know we've been able to have some conversations About money, but I'm sure there's a a ton of uh, things, subjects that we haven't spoken about. That I'm sure that we could breach together. So I have um, certified financial coach uh, Amy Scott with me today. Hi Amy, how are you? I'm doing well, Natalie. It's nice to see you. Yeah, so great to have you here, and um, I'm really excited to dive into this because I think there's there's two things. I know that you work with couples which I think is fantastic. You also work with single women because, you know, that was my other, you know, story is that when my marriage ended, it was like, oh, rut row. I have to be responsible for my own money. I was like, ha, ah. And, you know, finances and investing and all of that, which seemed quite a daunting task. It's kind of easy when you have your, your partner kind of looking after that or doing it with you that you're like, oh, my God, I have to do this by myself. Oh. So so why don't we start with uh, what are some of the, um, the common pitfalls that couples fall into when it comes to um, their finances?
1: Oh, there's so many. Uh, (laughs) No, I mean, I think some of the common pitfalls stem from the fact that we've grown up and learned different things about money, right? So we've uh, had different experiences, different beliefs. We've seen how our parents, friends, colleagues deal with money. So I think one of the common pitfalls is without maybe even knowing it, making assumptions that our partner, that our spouse has had the same experience with money that we have. So how that often plays out is for example, I'll I'll work with couples where one person maybe has used a credit card ever since they could get a credit card. They've managed that well. They like the points. They like the cash back. They like the convenience. Whereas the other person in the relationship is like, Oh, wait, no, I've always used cash. That's how I saw my parents do it. That's how I've managed it well. That's how I've kept up down. And sometimes that can cause conflict and a potential for a pitfall in the relationship is that assumption that we do things in the same way. So, and I, I think that assumption applies across the board. If we don't stop and have a conversation and bring curiosity to that conversation to say, hey, Let's talk a little bit about what you learned about money growing up and maybe not even just as a kid, although that's part of it, but then maybe when you went on your own and you started to manage money, right. For lots of folks, when they got to college and they were first handed that credit card in exchange for a t-shirt uh, or something like that, you know, how, and especially if we come to relationships later in life, a first or a second relationship this assumption that we'll deal with money in the same way and that we've learned about money in the same way can be a common pitfall.
0: Yeah, because it's not just the learning, but it's also the programming, right? Yes. Because, you know, we all had different experiences when it came to money when we were kids. You know, I, I grew up in a family of eight children. Oh, so, wow. Um, you know, money wasn't, I mean, we weren't poor, but, but yeah. you know, money was always a challenge. You know, so whenever there was a lot of, you know, angst or fighting or stress, a lot of it was about money, you know, to say. So I, I realized that I was emulating that behavior later in my life. And my husband, every time we talk about money, I just get agitated. I'm thinking, why am I doing this? Like, there's no reason yes. for this. And then I realize, oh, I'm just modeling what I saw when I was young.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: And I think a lot of times because of how we saw, again, that programming, how we saw money dealt with. Yeah. You, can of, you can often have a relationship where one person feels very comfortable around looking at the numbers and maybe is a you know lover of spreadsheets and likes to see what's coming in and out and manage that. And you could have somebody who really, that's the last thing in the world that they want to talk about. They would rather, I don't know, I could come up with a million different things that they want to talk about, but they don't want to have their head in that. And that can cause some conflict because I think one of the pitfalls is not being clear, right? Like, uh, what it's almost visualize it in this way where two people have their own version, almost like two different movies. They're in two different movie theaters and watching what's happening around the money. Yeah. And if I were to talk to each one of them, if they're sharing their finances, they would say, Well, this is what's happening in money and this is what we can afford and this is where we're on track. Whereas the other person has a completely different perception of what's happening. So that can be very challenging to get them on the same page and be watching that same movie, which by the way, is their life not just a movie? So yeah, really right. challenging.
0: I know for me, the B word budget uh, was <laughs> <laughs> it's still a dirty word, but you know, <laughs> I do really follow a budget. But you know, yep. I'm very blessed that I do what I love and I'm successful at it, and I don't have to worry about that so much. Exactly. Um, but you know, I can see how, and I've seen with couples before as well, like how you know something like budget. Or, you know, like you brought up the spreadsheets. I'm like, oh, God, I'd I, I would be happy for someone to do that, but yeah. I don't want to do that myself. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but it's also, I think, to you know, when it comes to our programming, yes, we have different ways of handling things, but then also recognising when um, something comes up around money, whether that's it's not necessarily our partner, That's Mm -hmm. the problem. It's that, oh, this is my pattern. This is my program. This is my belief around this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then going, okay, well, this is giving me an opportunity to be able to look at that. Yes,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And and how do you start that? Because a lot of us, I would assume that a lot of your listeners are are very self-aware. They can see when something is bothering, just like you were saying with, you know, in your relationship, like you sense that triggering that's there, but we don't always know where to start. And I will say, I almost have two heads around this. So I am the financial nerd. Uh, You know, I, I like to say my love language is spreadsheets are my love language, right? So I do love all that. I do do a lot of that in the day to day for my clients, but I'm also a coach and have worked as a coach for over 15 years in different capacities. So I know enough to know that it's not all about the numbers, right? There's that, what we make those numbers mean. But at the same time, we have to be able to look at that big picture with each other and have a conversation around what those triggers are. So I like to say to start with, and I know you talk a lot about this on your podcast, Natalie, Is just that that curiosity. So how do we bring curiosity almost like those conversations? And maybe you're still having them with your new newish boyfriend, right? <laughs> Where you wanna stay up till 2, 2.30 in the morning and you wanna talk about all the things, your upbringing and your passions and what you love about life and your seven siblings. And my husband's one of eight too. So that's interesting. <laughs> But you know how do you bring that if you've been in a relationship for a while or even if it's a newer relationship where you're a little bit nervous because finances have been something that's been triggering in the past like how do you have courage to even address that inside of your couple and i say that the 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 secret weapon around all of it is that curiosity is that Tell me a little bit about what it was like for you growing up around money. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you learned? Let's have a conversation about that together. And I like to say, listen, with that curiosity and as much as you can without judgment. Because personally, I've been with my husband for 17 years and a lot of times I will ask him a question and I think I already know what he's going to say. So around finances and other things in life, but around finances, I have to constantly give up that I know what that answer is going to be and continue to bring that curiosity to the conversation. Again, whether you've been dating someone six months or you've been married, you know, 15, however many years, it's still that same sense of curiosity.
0: Yeah, I like that. And I think, too, going in, not assuming that you think you know the answer, like you were just saying, yes. um, and and with that curiosity, and with, I think, with an intention to go, well, let's come up with a solution that works for the both of us. Yes. So So what do those, I mean, how would we start a conversation like that? How do you even broach that? Because I know with me, part of my thing is I would never talk about money. Yes. And that was my upbringing. You just don't Mm -hmm. talk about it. You know, you don't let anyone know your your personal business. And so I would often keep things close to the chest, um, and, and not say anything until it was getting to, you know, to, to a dire situation or to, to where I had to take action on it. Um, so how do we start those conversations? Yeah. So, you know, start with,
1: uh, I feel, you know, almost like Simon Sinek, right? Like start with the why, like, Mm -hmm. If there's not a grounded why, those conversations are going to go off the rails very quickly. So I encourage people, so much around the world of finances, around money, is what we should be doing. Everybody likes to tell you how you should be budgeting, how you should be spending your money, what percentage you should put in retirement versus savings versus kids' college. There's so much shooting on ourselves around money. So as much as possible, I like to encourage couples or even single women to start the conversation from why am I doing this? Because right. even if you sat down and started that conversation from, okay, well, I feel like I should because you know my therapist says I should, my counselor, my best friend, my financial planner, again, it's not going to carry the day. So often when I meet with couples, there's some kind of pain point but I wish people would come to me even before there was that pain point, right? And I'm okay with the pain point, that's okay. But decide why you wanna have that conversation. And it can be something tangible, like, hey, we're really interested in in retiring in five years. Or maybe I would like to start my own business or maybe we wanna send our kids to college, whatever that is. Or it could be something more of an experience. Like, I would like to have the experience. I, I appreciate the relationship we're having, And I'd like to bring that kind of happiness, joy, curiosity to this area of life as well. It Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be, I want to make X more amount of money. It can be like, Hey, I just want to enjoy this and not have it be something that we avoid. So come together and start that conversation from why are we doing this? should will never carry the day, start from there. And then I I have several questions that I have folks ask, which is, you know, again, that piece around what did you learn about money growing up? Another one that I think is very common and and gets to the source of a lot of this is, is there anything that you want to do or have or experience, but you don't even bring up inside of our relationship? Because either you're afraid of my reaction or you're afraid we're never going to have the money for that. I'm never going to voice that. So that's another one that I have folks ask. And then the other one is, um, what do you worry most about when it comes to money? Mm. What is something that maybe you wake up in the middle of the night and you think about? And sharing that with your partner and listen, it can be a date night, bust out the wine, sit around the table, but it doesn't have to be that. It could be, you know, in a drive, we went to my um, husband's parents this weekend because it's my husband, um, his dad's 80th birthday. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We were talking about this kind of stuff in that 20 minute drive over to West Baltimore. It doesn't have to be a production, but there is that piece of, I want to know more what bothers you around money and maybe what gets in the way of us having these other conversations right and then as much as possible listen without judgment and criticism and if you find yourself knowing what your partner is going to say just cough it up just say you know I just I just knew what you were going to say I'd like to stop the action draw a line in the sand and will you tell me more about that that's the piece
0: Before we continue, I want to ask you a a quick question. Do you find yourself constantly lingering in feelings of lack, especially when it comes to your finances, almost like the topic of spending money in general makes you squirm? Well, if you can relate, it might just be the warning sign that you need to do a little work on your subconscious mind to overcome those limiting beliefs that are holding you back. That's why I've put together a powerful meditation that you can use to turn those feelings of lack into feelings of beliefs of wealth, increased abundance, and success. So to download this free guided meditation, all you need to do is go to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash money meditation. And before you know it, you'll be on your way to living a life only filled with abundance. And I think, too, going in, in that and prefacing that conversation with, like, you know, let's have a chat about this, you know, this is how I'm going to show up, this is how, I, you know, we should show up, we, I, we'd like us to show up in, the, in this kind of conversation. So, you know, mm-hmm. you were mentioning before that you have couples come to you who are already, you know, stressed out. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, so what are some of the things that, you know, that couples really, what is stressful about money for couples? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think again, going back to like the perceptions of, for example, I have couples where um, one person or or maybe both, but often one person will have quite a bit of like student loan debt, for example. Um, And the other person doesn't necessarily, and it's not even so much about how much it is. It's more one person really doesn't like having that debt and they want to eradicate that. Whereas the other person's like, you know my parents had debt, i have colleagues, you know, that's grad school debt, that's law school, it's not that big of a deal to me. i'd rather focus on saving for vacation or i'd rather focus on retirement for example. that can be a cause of conflict in the relationship because i think what it comes back to natalie from the first point is these assumptions. right. like why is this bothering us? oh. oh, you want to have that student loan paid off before we start contributing more to retirement. Oh, I got that. It was just never vocalized, right? right? Just never came to the table. It was just a, well, we should be doing this better. And then that should was layered into every conversation. And often, let's be honest, lack of conversation, avoidance. Uh, Or often with couples, it'll be, again, one person tends to, I'm not 50-50, like everybody has to look at this. Everybody has to be in the spreadsheet. No, it's like anything inside of a marriage or relationship One person's going to tend to do it more than the other person. We've had our dog for five years and I don't think I've ever walked him in the morning. I never talked about that with my husband. That was never a shared agreement. It's just a role he took on. Now that's kind of an innocuous example, but around finances, what I find a lot, and this can be while you're still in the relationship or after, if a couple has been divorced One person really has been managing the finances. Right. And, you know, kudos to them, grateful to them for doing that. They're in that, you know, they're uh, managing month to month. They know what's coming in. They know what's going out. But the reality is both people are spending money. It's not like just one person spends money and the other one doesn't. And the source of conflict is really around one person thinks they have it wrapped up in a bow. Okay, here's our income. Here's our expenses. We're going to pay off debt. We're going to save for this. We'll be able to put more towards X. And then the other person is spending money in the day-to-day, you know, and maybe an extra grocery run than spouse over here thought they should have, or maybe an extra Amazon purchase. Or Oh, well, there were some good deals. So I bought some Christmas gifts for the kids. For example, this first spouse, they are off the rails. They feel like, well, I had it all wrapped up. We were going to have this much extra. And then you got in the way of my plan. And they don't necessarily say it like that, but this resentment builds up. But when I sit with couples, what we realize is person number B, they, their couple, you know, um, spouse B, if we call them that or two, didn't have any idea that's what the plan was. Right. Because the first spouse was just managing all that. So it's helping them to really see that clearly what those goals really are and to say, I didn't know that's what we were trying to do this month can we have a shared conversation about it and again it's it's nobody's fault it's this assumptions and that resentment building up and often that can lead to i do find this with a lot of couples is probably a third of the couples that i work with come to me and it doesn't matter if they're making 50,000 or 500,000 they are carrying credit card debt or high interest debt more than they would like to be and there is some blame and there is some shame around that. Right. And it's my role to really come in and say, you know, you don't have to feel any particular way about that. You've decided to feel that way and that's fine. Let's peel back the layers and just get to the what so? Do you have a commitment to not have that and how would that be for you if right. you didn't have that debt as opposed to and not to throw my other financial coaches under the bus, but often, you know, like let's just get rid of that because that's the thing we should do. I really get to them and say, listen, you don't have to do this the same way that anybody else is doing it. We can create a plan that's unique to you and what you want to experience and what you want to accomplish together.
0: Right. Because that's the thing. I mean, people do see that differently. Like they see debt as something different, you know. Um, And, you know, this is, again, like we're talking about couples here. And the great thing about being in a couple is that you have that okay, once we have these conversations and we understand all of this and, you know, I know where you are and, you we know, you know, I know what the plan is, this is wonderful. Um, and, you know, the, the next step from that, like for like I said, for me, I never had to worry about, you know, retirement and investments and all that kind of thing. I mean, my husband took care of all of that,
1: you yeah. know,
0: and so that I find myself being single going, whoa, okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> how am I going to do this? Uh, so, I uh, I mean, I think whether you're in a couple or whether you're you're single, I mean, Mm -hmm. there are certain ways that you can safeguard or that you can, you know, um, really uh, move forward in an empowered way when it comes to your finances. So what are some of the things that, um, you know, maybe even single women can do? Because I know there's so many of us who are getting divorced and separating at this time of our life um, and then having to take on those responsibilities. Like what are some of the things that we can do concrete-wise that sets us up for the future?
1: Yeah. And, and again, as you said, like even for single women or for couples, I think that first step is know where your money is going. Yeah. And I just had a conversation with a woman coming out of a door right now this week. And, you know, there's so much overwhelmed to that. There's so much overwhelmed and it's, I I should have done this better. Again, that word should just keeps coming up. It's like, I should have known what was going on and removing that to say, Hey, you did what you did. You didn't do what you didn't do. Where do we move from here? But I often like to say you need to know where your money is going, what's coming in and what's going out. And often I think we let disorganized finances or even chaotic finances get in the way of us truly living out our greatest purpose. Right. So I think sometimes that disorganization, it's like, oh, well, I'll never have the money to do that. I won't be able to sort that out. And if we can pull that apart, and say, well, what is it you really want to accomplish? It, these steps move much quicker. If not, we continue to be in that disorganization because we're like, oh, we're we're scared potentially of what we actually really can accomplish. Um, but as far as tactile, you know, to-do sort of steps, I say know where your money's going. So, um, it, and I don't know how deep we want to get into actually practical steps, but it, it is that idea of going back Sorting out your money, I like to say, in three different categories: what's recurring bills, what's day to day spending like groceries, gas, you know, pick up coffee, um, and then what are I like to call them the whammies of life? These things where you're going about, you're doing well for the month, and all of a sudden you go to get your oil changed and it's seventy dollars. You think, and nine hundred dollars later, you've had all your brakes fixed in your car. Right? right. Those kind of things. Start to think about your money in these three different categories. And the thing about recurring bills, Natalie, is that they don't typically cause as much stress either in a couple or a single person, because we know how much they're going to be and we know when they're typically due. So even though for most people, their mortgage is like their biggest bill of the month, it doesn't actually cause as much stress as the day-to-day spending. Right. Because so often people say to me, "I have no idea. I have no idea what I'm spending in that category." Got, why are you asking in this gas, groceries, all those kind of things? But these regular recurring bills don't carry that weight. So a big step that I have couples or individuals take is to turn that everyday spending into a recurring bill, turn it into a fixed expense. Right. And the way to do that, um, I, you know, is to look and see how much are we spending month to month? How much am I spending on the groceries, the gas, all of those things that are swiping our debit card or our credit card for? And come up with a number. To make it easy, I'll say, you know, maybe it's $3,000 a month you spend between Amazon and Chewy for the dog, you know, or uh, getting pizza on a Friday night, etc. And then you've set a particular amount for that. Don't spend that money in the same account as your bills. Actually set up a separate spending account a checking account that's only for day-to-day spending right and then transfer a set amount of money to that checking account every month or every two weeks or however you're paid and then only use that account for the day-to-day spending and it wrangles that spending that we do in the day-to-day where we say, oh, I just have no idea how much it is, or that extra purchase we made that then, you know, uh, ransacked our plan for the month. Give it a set amount and that will make a huge difference, either as individual or a couple.
0: Yeah, because I have heard this concept before about having the different buckets, you Uh know, making sure that you have a certain amount. And the thing is, we... We don't really, sometimes we have no idea where the money's going. Yes. You know, and uh, so I try and put everything on credit cards so I can keep a track of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what's, where, how much am I spending here? What's going on? I very rarely have cash. Yes. Um, you know, on me, which, is which sometimes with my partner, he's, he's the cash man. And I'm just like, I don't have any cash. I put everything <laughs> and, and so that I can keep track of it. And so that my bookkeepers could go, right, this is what we can, you know, make sure that we, we do with, uh, with our, with the bookkeeping and keep track of all of that as well. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So uh, with that, with that kind of spending too, it, it, I think, you know, I'm checking your credit card statements on a regular basis to see where, you know, what are these recurring things? Where is all of this going? Because sometimes yeah, yeah. you could have like, I remember once I I looked at my credit card statements, I had like like $300 worth of stuff that was recurring. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. Like it yes. was like Apple Apple Pay and I'm like, what is that? Like I haven't, you know, it, it was crazy. So it's amazing how those little things can kind of add up over mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: For sure. For sure. And I, you know, that, that is so common where people, it, and often it's like an annual thing that they signed up for once and it was $9.99. And then a year later, it's like $199. Right. And right. we don't necessarily notice that. So it is definitely having your head in any your credit card, debit card, however you manage that and knowing what's happening with your money. Right. Okay. So if
0: we were to uh, create a budget, um, <laughs> What are some of the parameters or what are some of the guidelines that we should be following to really set ourselves up for success with that? <laughs>
1: mm,
0: mm.
1: Well, I, I, I'm I'm not a percentage kind of person, to be honest with you. So I don't necessarily say how some people would say, you know, X amount towards your living and X amount towards retirement, X amount, you know, that is, I, I like to use the term, and I'm sure you've heard this before, like values-based budgeting. So before any of my clients start to say, well, we will put money towards this, I often find that those percentages are linked to how we should be doing things as opposed to peeling back the layers and saying, okay, Natalie, like what do you really want to experience more of in your life? Because maybe you're willing, for example, to, I don't like the word sacrifice, but like not have X, right? Whereas somebody else, for example, maybe you're willing to drive not as nice of a car Whereas somebody else, you know, they're all about having that car payment and and they enjoy that. And that brings happiness to them to have that nicer car. It's not the same for everyone right. or even like housing is a great example. Some people, I mean, I'm just amazed the tiny house movement. I'm not, I'm not in that movement. I'm not doing that. have four <laughs> people in my house, I have two teenage boys. I'm not interested in being in a tiny house. It would probably smell really badly. But, um, but what I am interested in is having conversation on what do you want to have more of in your life? Because there's that expression, um, don't tell me what you value, show me your checkbook and show me your calendar and I'll tell you what you value. So I see my job is, is how you're spending now in alignment with what you say is important to you. And sometimes I don't care if you've been together a year, if you've been together 20 years, sometimes that conversation hasn't been had. And there are things that we're spending money on that either... Neither member of the couple, or even one person in the couple, is like, that's not really what's so important to me. And especially single women after they get divorced and say, This is how we have been spending money. What do I want to put my money towards? Right. Right. So that's the piece of the conversation. Just get really clear when you look at those numbers. And I have my own budgeting system that I use in all these things. But at the end of the day, I want people to say, I worked hard for that money and I feel good. 80% of the time, I'm not looking for perfection here, but like 80%, you know, I might've bought a coffee or had a big dinner later and like, that wasn't the best, you know, but really feeling good about where that money is going. Cause the reality is we do work for that money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us love what we do, but at the end of the day, it's time and energy to do that. So feel good about where that's going.
0: Yeah, I know. And there's something, there's nothing like a pandemic, yeah. to really help you to evaluate and go, wow, I was really spending a lot of money on eating out. Like, you know, and then yeah. you get in the habit of cooking at home because we were, we were all at home for a while and then you go, oh, this is actually I'm kind of liking this a lot more. So um, and I think sometimes challenging that, like I used to travel a ton mm-hmm. um, and then when the pandemic hit and I was, you know, grounded for a while, I was yeah. like, wait a minute, I actually kind of like this. I get to eat healthy and I get to run on with my exercise. And, you know, I'm, I'm, this is, you know, way better for my health. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and evaluating that as well. So, I think taking some time to evaluate where, you know, the things that you are spending on. And like you said, going, is this what I hide, hold to a high value? Yes. So, um, I think a lot of our uh, spending habits and behaviors were completely uh, uh, pattern interrupted. During the pandemic.
1: (laughs) A hundred percent. And that is definitely one of you know, a positive that came out of this is reevaluating that. I mean, I think there's the highest numbers now of people leaving their jobs, which has pros and cons to it, but a lot of them saying, like, is this what I want to give my time and energy towards? The one other thing I just want to say, Natalie, is making sure we're connecting those day-to-day time financial choices we're making right now to our longer term goals. Right. That's often what I find is the biggest disconnect is that there's a lot of mindless, almost surviving with money. Like, well, I'm, we just have to spend it. We're spending it. I'm doing this. I, I think I'm doing good enough. I, I think what we're doing is on track, but often we have this nagging feeling that there is more that we could be doing to connect the choices we make today to those longer term goals. Right. So I like to say, if you can't see that piece, that's the piece to go to work on is make sure and you know that you have that connection and that you feel good about that and if not that's that's the work really to be done right
0: and of course, working with someone like you, Amy, would really help to uh, to to concrete that in and give couples and, and single women like some really great structure. Because sometimes it's like, yeah, I want to do better, but I don't know how to do that. And I know that you you're really helpful with with couples and, and people there. So if people wanted to reach out to you and, and wanted to work with you, how how can they do that?
1: The easiest way for them to do that is just to
0: find me on my website. My website is
1: amyscottcoaching.com. And I do have a resource on there that is for couples or individuals, like three simple steps to up-level your budget. And there's some great questions like conversation starters for couples. Mm-hmm. And then there's really three practical steps that I say, like, all right, you're ready to you know, take things up a notch. These are the first three steps to take.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for all the work that you're doing, because I know that money can be the number one stressor when it comes to a relationship, uh, and it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, you know and as long as we're you know as a couple you can sit in a, in, a, in a conversation where you enter it with curiosity mm. where you really are listening um and that you know you have this common goal at the end of it um i think that you know couples can navigate any of those kind of conversations pretty well so yeah. well thank you so much amy such a pleasure having you here today and um i'll make sure that uh, your website and everything is in the show notes um and uh guys we'll look forward to chatting to you all again next week All right. Thanks, everyone. And bye for now. Thanks for joining us today. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, please go ahead and do so on iTunes or Spotify, or go to mindmovies.com forward slash podcast. So you don't miss an episode. Now, remember new episodes are released every Monday morning, and we'd love to spread the word. So after you've subscribed, be a great girlfriend and pass it on to a friend who will enjoy this too. And don't forget to grab your official Not Over Just Different welcome pack. It includes some of the best tools for inspiring your best life, all completely free. Head over to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash welcome gift to grab yours today. Until next time, remember, it's not over, just different.